1: Connor, what is up?
0: Evan, I'm doing okay. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Uh, it is quite the day, quite the morning. There's a game tonight, too. Game on Thursday night against the Sabres that I think is on the back burner because of everything that has been happening uh, this morning in the span of like, you know, an hour and a half. The Bruins World was kind of turned upside down in a good way. Uh, we're gonna start. Obviously, Bruins Extend David Posternock. Bruins also trade for um Tyler Bertuzzi. We'll start with the Posternock stuff, because that is um that's been the, the longest. That's been simmering the longest. It's been quite a quite a road to that. Bruins Extend David Posternock, eight years, eleven point two five million per um, and 90 million over the course uh, of those uh eight years. Uh, Connor, your initial reaction.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is something that, as you said, has been building up for a while, uh, in terms of the Bruins, their extended conversations, uh, with JP Barry and David Pasternak's associates. And it's one that comes down to, you know, is this probably what the Bruins were expecting they were going to pay when they first started these negotiations last summer? Probably not. I think you're probably looking at more of the Charlie McAvoy, nine and a half million, ten ten and a half 10, 10 and maybe, um, so I think it did go probably a little bit longer than they expected in terms of both the negotiation, what the annual payout is. But I think in the grand scheme of things, when you look at what this cap hit is, what David Pasternak gives you for the next eight years, um, what he means, especially in the long term, you're looking at, yes, there's no, you can't look past the fact that this team has a bit of an uncertain future when you don't know whether you're going to have Berger back and Krejci down the middle go- going forward. That's a given. But I think uh, when you listen to Don Sweeney and can Milley really speak today, for them it's all about kind of finding that best foundation moving forward. And if you tell me in the coming years, yes, you need, there's you can't replace Bergeron and Krejci, right? Like, we do know that. But if your foundation moving forward is guys like Pasternak Stein long-term, McAvoy, uh, Olmark, we'll see what happens with Swayman, um, Martian even, who's still playing at a high level. You still have a very good set grouping to build off of and retool moving forward. Like, this team isn't built in the way their their contract is kind of structured to be a team that's going to, I think, rebuild in the next couple of years. Are they going to be the cup contender they are right now? Probably not, unless they find another top six center. But they are very much structured to be more of a retooling a team than a full-on rebuild. And even if maybe you paid a little bit more than you were expecting, if you're the Bruins going into this, I think you take a contract for a guy like Pasnak who's going to have 50 goals this year, and I have to imagine it's going to have 50 goals a couple more of these seasons moving forward. I mean, they're just, they're built
1: strong on the wings and they're built on D and they have, you know, they're good in net. The one flaw in the future is what is the future um, for top six centers on this team. But again, I mean, it goes back to, it was never going to be this cheap. I mean, it was never going to be as cheap as I think we all thought it was going to be last year. As, As it dragged on, it was pretty obvious this was not going to be a cheap contract. But again, if the cap Hopefully, goes up the way it should. We'll see what happens with a lot of different variables. But if it does, this contract doesn't look as um, expensive, so to speak. And guess what, Connor? He's worth it. He's worth it. That's the what? thing. He is. He oh, is yeah, worth right. this money. Can you believe it? He is worth it. Uh, and it's in large part again. Think of how many years Connor growing up prior to us having anything, having this platform, prior to us covering the team at all. For a long time, the Bruins did not have a goal scorer. Even in 2011, they did not have like a, a a a bona fide goal scorer, you know, a guy that you could turn to in every situation who would you know score you a goal. That's David Pasternak. That's David Pasternak. And and again, you can't just let that guy walk. You cannot let that guy walk out the door. Um, and you know, again, it wasn't cheap eleven point two five million per. But I mean, that's the echelon. You know, he's in the upper echelon of players in the NHL, and he gets paid like it now. So again, I mean, yeah. you know, they I I. I think people have, you know, that might have their their, you know, have their issues with the money, but it was never it was never gonna be cheap, right?
0: No, it was never gonna be cheap. And I think when you look at the the big picture part of this, yes, they have some um they might have some issues in, in the year ahead in terms of, you know, fixing this kind of cap crunch you're staring at where we don't really know. What Bergeron and Creighton are going to do, how to deal with those bonus overages. Um, like next year will get tricky, and I think Don Sweeney and Evan Gold and the rest of Hockey Ops is going to have to work cut out for them in terms of retooling the steam on the fly. But I think you look at this contract two, three years down the line when you hope that the salary cap jumps up quite a bit. Um, you know, whether it's the fact that uh, the player is going to be uh, stop paying their escrow in the next year or so, you look at the fact that the cap was already supposed to jump a couple million dollars. Now, again, as you said, there's some factors that have to play out right like we'd see when that escrow is going to get paid off there's the whole thing with the regional sports networks with like Bally, valley sports and a few other places <laughs> that some teams yeah, oh. are in a little bit of limbo in terms of that tv money so that's a domino that needs to fall there but all things considered the, the expectation at least is that the cap is going to jump up uh, a good deal in the next couple of years so you're already looking at i think passes deal right now makes up about 13.7 percent of the overall cap on the bruins which when you compare it to other uh, teams in the past that have signed guys when it was 20%, 19%, it's already a little bit more manageable in the, uh, the bigger scheme of things. And if in a year or two that ends up being 10% of the cap, the Bruins will live with it, live with it for a guy like Pasternak, who, again, barring injury, doesn't seem like a guy whose skill set is going to regress in the next couple of years at least, right? Like, let's check, see how it is in 2030, 20, 2031, 20, and see what happens. But um, I think it's fair to assume, Evan, I don't think it's a, a hot take so I think Pasta is going to hover around 40, 40 goals a season, if that. Right. So
1: he also projects well. All the projection models have him consistently being as good as he is for the next five, six, seven years. So again, I think you know his game does not. It's not something that looks to be declining. The way he plays, um, his goal scoring abilities. Um, that's stuff that I think is going to continue with time, um, and it, it stands with this deal. So it was pretty crazy uh, Thursday morning when uh, the Bertuzzi stuff happened. P- people were kind of in a in a frenzy about that, and then all of a sudden the Bruins tweeted that GIF of um of Pasternak with the with the all. Star Shades, And I wonder if they filmed that at the all-star uh, game or whenever it was. And we're like, David, when you re-sign, we're going to tweet this. So let, let's just get out ahead of it. You know, maybe that was, they, uh, just sent what they that were to JP
0: Barry. That's what they, that's what they <laughs> did. That's why they finally got this contract settled. Just sending, sending memes to each other. So that's how we settled <laughs> business in the year of our Lord 2023, Evan.
1: Yes, that's how you and I uh, seal deals between us. It's just memes going back and forth. I also liked the photo that the Bruins took of him um, signing the deal and him taking a photo of Sweeney signing the the contract. Like, oh, gotta make sure, gotta make sure that this is this is really happening. And I think uh, for Bruins fans, it was it was good to see and that it was finally uh, happening. So again, not the only news of the morning are um, uh, not bigger news, but more surprising news. Uh, Tyler Bertuzzi from the Detroit Red Wings, who famously kind of started that uh, goalie fight brawl in 2018, uh, which was, you know, classic Marchand moment, hitting Jimmy Howard, just, you know, completely bananas type moment. You don't see those anymore. Um, Bruins trade for Tyler Bertuzzi. They give up a 2024 first round pick, which is top 10 protected. They give up a 2025 fourth round pick uh, and Detroit retains 50% of Bertuzzi's cap hit, which was uh, initially just over $4.7 mi- uh, uh, It was right around that. So, um, interesting deal. I think this, t- my take on it is I don't know if this happens if Taylor Hall and Nick Felino don't, you know, get their injuries. Um, I think this yeah. was in large part due to that. Maybe the Bruins would have added a depth, more depth forward um, if that didn't happen. But with Hall going on LTIR, Felino on IR, feels like this was more of a need. I think all, when this came out before the injury news came down, so I think a lot of people thought, oh my God, they're bolstering up even more. And it's like, yeah, they are. But this was kind of a need with Hall and, and Felino going down.
0: Yeah, I, I think when you factor in any, whether it's in the off season or during the, during the year, um, when you have something where you have to weigh the cap situation, LTII, injuries, all that kind of stuff, It's almost like you wait for the other shoe to drop. It's almost like the the Zaka trade last year and waiting for that extension. You had a a hunch that it was because they are working out a contract for Bergeron and Krejci, but you're kind of in that limbo. It's kind of how I think you have to do this Bertuzzi trade, right, where um, I think at face value in terms of, let's say, Hall and Felino aren't back, it's still a very good pickup for the Bruins and good on them for instead of being like, all right, we kind of just trudge ahead with what we have on this roster or we get, you know, a guy like – Benino or Bukestad are one of these guys that I think would be a, a good fit, but uh, does help out the team, um, but but isn't a guy like Bertuzzi, right, who's a 30-goal scorer. Um, Last year. <laughs> yes, exactly, yeah. Like, it's a clear upgrade in that regard. So even at face value, if you don't have Holland Flino back, I think having Bertuzzi is a huge help. And, again, we'll see kind of what happens. Like, uh, Don Sweeney wasn't exactly uh, offering a lot of optimism, I think, today when it comes to the fact that, I think it's safe to assume that um, Hall and Felino probably won't be back during the regular season. Again, we'll see what happens when we get to the playoffs. This could very well be a similar situation to what Tampa Bay did a few years ago with Kucherov. Um, and the Bruins could start round one, and all of a sudden Hall's back, and you have a third line of <laughs> Hall, Coyle, Bertuzzi. That's pretty good, right? But even if, if that doesn't happen, and the Bruins aren't so fortunate with the injury bug, and you are missing one or two of those guys that have been key pieces, like even if Hall's kind of tailed off a little bit, but you wonder how, you know, this injury has been bothering him uh, over that stretch. There's still two plus players that have helped out tremendously this year. So it is a significant loss. Like let's not get it twisted in terms of, um, you know, weighing the good and the bad here. Um, Like, I think the Bruins would probably rather not have to deal with cap compliancy and all all this (laughs) stuff and, and have those two guys in the lineup, the two guys that have been there and helped this team start this record setting pace. But, if you're the Bruins and you're trying to maximize this win now window this season, um, you've dealt a bad hand, probably the first time all season in terms of uh, these two injuries happening so close to each other. And then you go out and target a guy that was kind of viewed as a potential trade target, but you didn't really know what Detroit was doing. To get a guy like Bertuzzi, who again, could just be a rental, but for what his talent is and and how he fits in with, especially guys like Orlov and Hathaway, like Bertuzzi is not really a guy that's going to have, seven or eight hits a game like a guy like hathaway is but he's a pain in the ass right like he's an agitator he's got a really good penalty differential so he does a very good job of getting under the skin of opposing uh opposing players um and again even though he's been kind of injured this year i think he's got six points in his last seven games has hit 20 goals three times in his career like it's not just a a spare piece and you're trying to you know fix like a, a dent in a cow with like a little bit of duct tape right like you're trying to really, uh, you know, improvise on the fly here if you're the Bruins. So good enough for, you know, getting a, dealt a bad hand and getting a pretty significant piece back. Try to address it, at least in the short term.
1: A dent on a, a, a duct tape for a dent in a car would be uh, not the greatest of ideas uh, for that poor car. Um, but I will say with Bertuzzi, it does feel like, again, it's a potential impact forward. Like, that's not, as you said, that's not a Benino. That is someone who can come in. I mean, imagine a line of, you know, Bertuzzi, Coyle, and Hathaway on the right. I mean, my God, that would cause fits for the poor defenseman on the other team. Um, but again, I mean, it's going to be, you know, we'll see what happens with uh, if they decide to extend him. Um, same with Dimitri Orloff, right? Orloff is an impressive defenseman probably going to command a fair amount of money, especially with how he's how he went in Calgary the other night. He was the only skater that seemed to be uh, there uh, in, in some uh, form or fashion. But again, the thing with Bertuzzi, and I, I think he fits in this lineup well, but the one thing that people keep harping on that I see on Twitter, uh, by the way, I see all the comments um, from people watching live, that the forward being talked about most is not Bertuzzi or Pasternak. It is Milan Lucic. People are, of course, people, of course. people are outside City Hall asking for Milan Lucic to come back to the Bruins. They are, they are outside Warrior picketing to get Milan Lucic back on the Bruins. And I, I understand it. I, I don't think that's what the need is, but I do think that uh, I understand that the people want him back. The good old days of 2011 and the the big bad Bruins. Um, but uh, the first round picks. It's another first round pick dealt away by Sweeney uh, and I think a lo- one thing that a lot of people are saying is oh my god you know they they're not going to be uh, picking it all in the next couple of years uh, and important you know higher picks and they're giving them away and they you know they've given away a 2023 and a 2024 at this at this um at this deadline they're missing their seconds the next two years like and what I would say to that is first of all you gotta go all in for this year if this is a last dance as it has been kind of built out to be you have to go completely all in chips to the middle of the table, and that's what they've done so far. Um, and I saw so I've seen some you know criticism of um of uh you know well if they don't win what's it gonna say about Sweeney? And it's like well in my mind Sweeney as Marshan said uh, on Thursday Sweeney and his front office have done everything they can to put this team in the position to succeed. Now it's up to the players. So in the event that the Bruins lose in the second round, third round, Cup, whatever. I don't put. That, I would never put that on Sweeney. He, you know, they've done everything they can do to get to this point. That would be on the players. Um, and to me, I mean, you're getting, you're getting legit talent in return. You're not giving up a first for a Barclay Goodrow. You're giving a first for Dmitry Orloff, a top four defenseman. Tyler Bertuzzi, a potential, you know, top six fill in. You know, th- previous thirty goal scorer, Hampus Lindholm last year, right? So, uh, I mean, what do you think? Do, do you think that there's merit to that argument?
0: I think, again, if you want to simplify it, it's just, it, it doesn't matter at all if you win a cup. It's all that matters, right? It does, you can look back on it years from now and 10 years and see there's a bit of a gap somewhere where they're not getting a lot of influx of young talent. But uh, if this results in this team with the stakes involved with Bergeron and Krejci hosting another cup, it doesn't matter. And again, no. it's also not to say that the Bruins <laughs> have also like sacrificed – in the the, the long term, we are looking like ten years down the road. Yeah, I'm sure they probably wish they had a couple of first round picks. But as I kind of noted um, uh, from what Don Sweeney said and what came Nilly kind of echoed earlier, this is still a team that yes, you can't replace Bergeron and Krejci, but acquiring guys by using this draft capital like Lindholm or or even like Orlov or any of these other players, like this is a team that's built to also contend long term if they're able to sign one of these players. So. Um, you know, if you tell me that you're going to next year and you still have Pasternak and McAvoy and Lindholm and old Mark Swayman, all these other players, that's a pretty good, like, starting off point if you're trying to to retool on the fly, right? So, um, again, in the short term, it doesn't matter if they win a cup, even if you're sacrificing more first-round picks. And, again, who knows kind of how the, the chips fall in terms of we get to the the offseason, right? Like, is is there money freed up for Orlov? Do they move other pieces that allow them to re-sign a guy like that? They have more money to sign a guy like Pertuzzi if he, uh, you know, performs well here during this playoff run. front. Like there's a lot of options and it, de- it definitely helps your case when you have guys already in the room that are going to be part of this cup run in terms of maybe enticing them to stay long-term. But the Bruins at the very least, it's not like these other teams that are, you know, starting from scratch with the rebuild and they're, uh have a lot of really lean years ahead of them. The Bruins have options, right? They have talent in place signed long-term and they have options and other ways to, to retool this system. So whether it's keeping this core in group, um, you also have to look at the fact that one, they're probably going to sign a bunch of college freedoms as they always do. That's the big but also, one. <laughs> but also don't forget that um, throughout this process of acquiring all these guys this year, they also didn't relinquish both Lysel and Lorai. So you do still have two, blue chip players you don't know what you have in a guy like Matthew Poitra but he's a guy that has a lot of promise as well so you still have some you know some blue chips already in in the prospect pipeline and if they work out that's great you add them to the system or who knows we could get to next year or this offseason and if Clayton Keller or another young center is available you still have capital to trade that's not just a 2026, 27 first round pick right you eventually have to stop going further down the timeline to deal first rounders but I'll consider the Bruins have the assets to both rebuild on the fly and also trade more. They need to acquire more you know, definite NHL talent for next year or so.
1: Yeah. Again, I mean, you look at like, I don't understand the people who think the Bruins are going to be terrible next year. I I, I don't get it. Because, let's say Crecci and, and Posh and Bergeron don't return, right? Let's just say, obviously that's a big issue. You got to figure something out with the top six centers. I completely get it, but you do have the wings to be fine. Marshan, Pasternak, Hall, DeBrusque, You'll have Lysell a year older. Um, I would guess Pavel Zak would be down the middle, but you know, you do have him as well. Um, and then on D, Lindholm, McAvoy, Carlo, Grizzlick, Innette, Ulmark, Swayman, who's an RFA at the end of this year. Um, you know, but so again, like I they are they're fine going forward. It's just you need to solidify the middle. We've said this for what, two years now, three years now. You need to figure out the future at center. Um, and again, I don't I don't think that that they've done that yet. Um, but again, the, the, they're not going to be bad. They didn't like people shouldn't look at the 2024, uh, draft pick and say, oh my God, guess, you know, that, shit's going to be a lottery pick next year. And, you know, we gave it up by the way, it's top 10 protected anyway, but to me, I just, I, I think they will be fine. And again, also if they re-sign Orloff, uh, and, or Bertuzzi, um, you have that. I, I, we're going way far in the future here. It doesn't, you know, Clifton is going to be due a, a healthy dose of money. I don't know if that's in the cards, um, this off season, we'll see what ends up happening. But as you said, the college free agent routes, a thing, and you have Lysell and low rise. Still you have blue, you, you have legitimate prospects, um, that, you know, you could, you, you never know. And, 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 you know, Brett Harrison as well. So again, I am not opposed to dealing first, especially like, look, let's, let's be honest here. Um, under Sweeney, obviously we've talked a lot about the drafting. Uh, there was a, good chunk of time in there where the drafting wasn't great right if you're gonna deal your first for legitimate players fine like the Lindholm thing was a perfect example I remember people tweeting last year um and they're right to do this you know when when the draft was happening and the Bruins didn't have a pick it's like well you know that's unfortunate and all but Hampus Lindholm was basically your first-round pick, which is a good – that's who you hope your first-round pick becomes um, when you make the case for Bertuzzi or Dmitry Olof. And as you said, Connor, as we've said for weeks now, if they win the cup, none of this matters. None of it matters. You won a cup, and that's that. Um, and again, I mean, you look at the rest of the East. The Maple Leafs are gearing up. Um, the Lightning are doing their thing. The The Devils – Timo O'Meyer now and the Rangers with Tarasenko and Kane. Um, the Hurricanes are kind of existing. I know they got Poole They got Shane Goss to spare. So they're ready for a strong cup run. Um, do you – I well, we're live for the people because we're all about the people, as you know, Connor. Um, do you have a – is there a team in the East right now that scares you the most?
0: Still Carolina. Yeah. Even if maybe they haven't made the, the most sizable impact yet and, again – they still, we still have some time between now and the deadline. I don't know if there's a, a, a dark horse that we're not paying attention to that could get moved or, or what have you. But I think when you just look at the system in place, the structure that they play with under Rod Brindamore, um, the way they match up against the Bruins, especially uh, that's still a team that I think scares anyone. Like they, just the way when they're, when they're clicking and they're uh, attacking on the forecheck, check, it almost seems like it's coming in waves. So I think that's still going to be the toughest out again. We'll see. Like, Uh, Patrick King could go out and score, you know, four or five goals in his first couple of games, and all of a sudden the Rangers look good because they've got Shesterkin. The Devils are still an upstart team that, um, you know, could make some noise. I mean, there's just so many teams. You're not even looking at Tampa and Toronto who are going to beat the snot out of each other in the first round. Like, there's a lot of teams you really never have seen it before. So many teams think they have a shot and are loading up this year. Um, Which is, I think, testament to the parity in the league, but also um, impressive that so many teams are also looking at what the Bruins are doing. and like. Let's give it a shot. Like, I mean, <laughs> you can just how good the Bruins have been. But um, I think, yeah, if you had to ask me one team, I think it's still the toughest hurdle, probably in the whole NHL. I'm going to go with Carolina. I just think that team, when they're on their game, they are a tough out. It's only a kick. <laughs> a jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.
1: I would say Carolina, the well coached, they play hard. They play a way that uh, a brand of hockey that works in the postseason. A, a dark horse, though, I would say Toronto. Uh, and the only reason I say Toronto is they they boost it up. Um, you can tell with Dubis, they are all in, in a sense, I think for his own job, but also like. They're kind of do. I know we make fun of the Maple Leafs a lot, but at some point that team is going to get past the first round. And, you know, if you're facing them in the second, you know, again, they have to get past the second round too. And I still would take the Bruins, but, you know, they're a better team than they were um, a month ago. One thing before we go, I want to talk about Chikrin. (laughs) The shoe finally dropped. (laughs) And it was the Ottawa Senators. And they get, like, nothing, not much for him, right? I mean, this has been... Uh, an ongoing thing for years now. Chicken is a trade deadline legend, and he doesn't go for much. And th- the fact that the Coyotes just did that, and I, I just it-, it blows my mind. Now he's in the Atlantic. The Senators, like on paper, the Senators are not a good bad for team. Good for, like, the they, senators like, for good them. Good for the vote. Senators. Yeah, like uh, good for them. But for the Coyotes, my God, that team is always going to be mired in just living in their own mistakes.
0: It's yeah, it's embarrassing. They're a clown car organization. I mean, you look at just all these all these contract negotiations, all these trade rumors you hear in the past from the Bruins, we're looking at Oliver Ekman Larson, uh, Oliver Ekman Larson, which thank God they did not do that trade because oh. Henderson Home has been significantly better. But the biggest <laughs> hang up there, if you want to know the seven, it's a huge surprise. Uh, Arizona did not want to retain any money. Shocking how that happened. No Nobody way. Else. When no way a top, and when they have a top asset like uh Jacob Chickren, who signed on a below market deal for the next two years, the top priority instead of maximizing picks is retaining salary so they can go to their <laughs> crappy college campus ass arena and wither away in the Arizona desert. Uh, not surprised at all to see this team has once again fumbled the bag with a top asset. Um, it's embarrassing. That team is literally just now a so like, just like a, a front in terms of that organization for <laughs> dumping uh contracts with guys on LTIR who are not going to play a single game in the NHL. It's embarrassing that there's just one team that is just literally an asset for other teams and refuses to take on any sort of money or make any effort to be um to be competitive. If they somehow tumble into Bedard, NHL should step in and make sure that guy never plays a single minute for that team because I feel bad for everyone else who has to mire and how crappy that organization is. It's embarrassing. Yeah,
1: I feel bad for like Logan Cooley, who's actually like a really good prospect who ha- was drafted to them last year um, and is looking, going, I'm going to that organization. Are you kidding me? Um, so, yeah, I mean, just clown car, as you said. And uh, But good for the Senators. Senators are bolstering yeah. up. I mean, they, I don't think they'll be a threat this year. They still got to figure out uh, what the deal in net is. Um, but interesting team going on up there. But the Bruins, again, Pasternak, Bertuzzi. Uh, obviously, the future of Hall and Felino kind of hangs in the balance. Uh, we'll see what ends up happening with them. Uh, Connor, what can the people, the good people, the people who j- joined in today and listen to us every week, what can they look forward to from you over at Boston.com?
0: Yeah, we're going to have you covered every every step of the way uh, this Bruin season, whether it be recaps, features, columns, uh, breakdowns. We have plenty of stuff already on the Bertuzzi trade, uh, the injuries with Hall and Felino. We'll have a column later on today about Pasternak after this game against the Sabres. Which again, yes, there is a Bruins game tonight, don't forget. <laughs> There's a Bruins um, game. <laughs> yeah, there is a there And they could a go for 100
1: points. Today. It's 100 points, potentially. Yes.
0: A lot going on today. So we will again have you covered every step of the way with the Bruins. Of course, over at Boston.com, we have you covered on everything else that's going on in, in Boston sports. Whether it's the Celtics, Patriots, Red Sox, everything. We have you covered over there. So please read over there at boston.com. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at Connor Ryan underscore 93.
1: Go do all that. And also New England Hockey Journal. A lot of playoffs going on around the, the region. There's a lot going yes, on. Sir. I am moving around quite a bit to different rinks in the region. It's very fun. It's a good time of year. Make sure to go subscribe to us uh, over there. And yeah, that's today's episode of Poke the Bear. I'm very happy for those who get to tune in live. For those who are watching after you know great for you too and we always love and appreciate your support and we're we're always just just as big a fan as as you of you guys uh, as you are of hopefully us uh but anyways that is connor ryan i'm evan maronofsky poke the bear listeners have a great rest of your week